Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is the Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at Western New York with news, features, and special guests. Now, here's your host, Brian Rusk. Welcome to the Rusk Report. We have backed by popular demand the former deputy county executive under the Giambra area, Carl Calabrese, who also was involved with the area's biggest lobbying firm. We're going to be talking all about election 2022. Uh, Things are still not completely settled, but we're going to find out what direction we're taping the morning after the election just a little bit more information. Um, Carl Calabrese, when he left the biggest lobbying firm, Bob McCarthy wrote, when Carl J. Calabrese was helping to form the Massiello, Martucci, and Calabrese lobbying firm 16 years ago, just about everyone in New York State's political community warned that, that basing the business in Buffalo was destined to fail. Now the firm is the biggest of its kind in West New York and several other lobbyists now boast Buffalo offices too. As he announced his retirement, Calabrese said the Buffalo Connection remains one of his proudest accomplishments as he steps away from a long career in government and politics. The $64,000 question is the U.S. House of Representatives. I think when you were on the program before, you were talking about 15 to 40 seats to win. Where do you see it now? Carl Calabrese. Well, you know, just to, to kind of sum up election night, uh, I think the old adage about the Republican Party uh, held true last night. And the party has often been described as the party that never misses an opportunity to miss an opportunity. Um, this looked like it was going to be a wave election. And every indicator I was looking at and a lot of political analysts were looking at, including Newt Gingrich, who, as you remember, Brian, engineered one of the biggest wave elections in modern political history when in 1994 uh, he won back the house of representatives um, after 40 years of democrat majority uh, with 53 house seats and lots of people thought that that could happen again including newt gingrich he, he thought it was going to be not just a wave election he said it was going to be a realignment election well that didn't happen we didn't even get close um, we're going to take control of the house i don't think there's any doubt about that um, and when all the votes are counted at most 20 uh, could be as low as 15. Uh, that'll give us the Republican Party a majority, but not nearly the way we thought. Um, a number of governors' uh, races that Republicans thought they could win, they did not. And the Senate is razor thin again and, and once again may come down to a special election runoff in Georgia 
in December. So uh, not a real good night for the Republican Party, given the circumstances it found itself going into the election in terms of the mood of the country, the popularity or lack of popularity of the president, the, the major issues uh, should have produced a wave. They didn't. And I think we're going to have to wait until the turnout models come out and see exactly what side does a better job of turnout. My hunch right now is that the Democrats did a better job of getting their vote out than the Republicans did. Well, it's a terrible shame. So you you think we'll probably see about 20 Republican House majority when it's all said and done? Yeah, in that range. Okay. Uh, again, much, much less than and, – and one of the things that jumps out to me is, is that, you know, when you look at, at, at history going back to World War II, every president facing their first midterm whose popularity is under 50 percent lost on the average of – 28 seats. Uh, since Ronald Reagan, every first-term president facing their first-term midterm lost an average of 42 seats. So even if we come in at 20, we are way underperforming with the historical average going back to World War II has been, and even in the modern era to Ronald Reagan. Just a uh, overall disappointed, disappointing night. I think a lot of Republicans are very disappointed. Well, do you think that much of the problem is that the Democratic Party and the media have the same philosophy and they have the same goals in mind, so it's sort of like two against one? Well, yes, but that's always been the case. I mean, when, when Newt Gingrich took back the House, that was the case. Uh, it, you know, that hasn't changed and it's not about to change. I think there, there's more to it. I think, um, again, I think turnout may have been a critical factor. I think uh, at the House level, and this is something that doesn't get much attention. Candidates running for the U.S. Senate get a lot of attention, and there was a debate of wh whether or not the Republicans were running inferior candidates for the Senate. Uh, that may have also been a problem at the House level, uh, where, and we'll know once we get the final result of where did Republican candidates who, had, who were running in favorable districts, in districts that were open seats or districts that were an open seat where Biden only won by two or three points, uh, how do they do in those districts? And if we're seeing a pattern of losses in that type of district, that will tell you that those were you know, either bad candidates and or bad campaigns. And again, we need to we need to wait a bit and see what the final results come in, and how it all shakes down. But that may have been an issue as well. Let's say we have 20 new seats. We needed five for the Republicans to win the House. And you've got a 15 member uh, comfort. Uh, will Biden's woke far left socialist agenda Green New Deal be stopped. Yes, and that's and that's the good news. Regardless of what the majority is, you know whether whether it's six or twenty six, uh, the majority is what rules that house, and it, we're going to have the majority. Uh, and yeah, it will. At least the voters last night applied a break, a partial break, to this, as you described very accurately, a woke progressive left agenda. Uh, so they're going to be able to do that. And we may also win the Senate. I, I don't want to rule that out. We may we may end up one seat up in the Senate and run that body as well. Um, but the one thing, it's, it's two things it's going to do. If we just control the House, obviously we, we've, we've got a break on the madness that has been going on for the last two years. Number two, uh, Republicans really won't be expected to drive policy because they can't. They, they only control one of three levers of government. So they're not going to be expected to produce policy initiatives to address problems. But they are going to have subpoena power, and they will be able to spend their time doing some very needed investigations of the FBI and the Department of Justice 
and the Hunter Biden laptop computer and his ties to, to China. Uh, so that could make it for a very interesting two years. Let's talk about the uh, state assembly and Senate. I know you've been close to the Rath family and Mary Lou Rath for many years. And um, people thought it could be 50-50, that race, but I think uh, Rath lost by uh, 5 or 6, 7 percent. Yeah, I, uh, I think it'll, yeah, more like 7 or 8 percent, I think. Okay, uh, what happened? Uh, why couldn't uh, the Wrath campaign push that India Walton issue, which Sean Ryan uh, backed India Walton for mayor of Buffalo? If he would have pushed that more, could have made a difference. There were a couple of things I think he could have done differently. First of all, um, it was an unfavorable district in the sense of enrollment. It was a 60-40 uh, Democrat advantage, so that that's a problem, not an insurmountable one, but certainly one of a problem. Um, Secondly, I, I think in order to have won that seat, uh, the Wrath campaign had to define Sean Ryan much earlier and much more aggressive than they did. Um, you had three major communities, Amherst, Tonawanda, and Grand Island, that did not know Sean Ryan. He hadn't represented them. And there was an opportunity there to go to those voters, especially in Tonawanda and uh, Grand Island, where you have a little more, even more moderate Democrats, more conservative Republicans. Uh, and remind them of the record, the voting record of Sean Ryan in Albany, which is pretty far left. Uh, but that should have started uh, early. Um, again, he needed to define Ryan before Ryan defined himself. And that meant probably right after Labor Day, hitting the mail, hitting television. Um, so when Ryan did come, decide to go up on TV, he probably had to try to undo what Rath had, had already accomplished. So I think that was a strategic error. Uh, they did start it, but they started it late. Um, and, yeah, the Walton thing, you know, you think about North Buffalo's in this district as well. There are an awful lot of Byron Brown supporters in North Buffalo. Uh, don't think for one minute that those folks have not forgotten that Sean Ryan publicly endorsed India Walton. Uh, and that, I, again, I wasn't that close to the campaign, so I don't know. But if that was not a major part of the North Buffalo uh, segment of the campaign, it was a, that would have been a big mistake. Now, what about the other state legislative seats? Uh, it looked election night that Wallace might lose, that uh, Burke might lose, but it seems like they inched out victories very narrow. Um, does this pretend maybe in the future that you could pick up some uh, Cheektowaga and City of Buffalo seats, maybe in South Buffalo? Uh, possibly, especially Chictawaga. I mean, this is the second election now, and I haven't seen the final results, so I don't know what the percentages are, but when I went to bed, it was razor thin in favor of Monica Wallace. This is the second time, second election in a row, where she's come within a hair of getting 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 beat by the, now the same opponent. Uh, so she obviously uh, is not performing to the enrollment advantage she has on paper in Chictawaga in some parts of the district, and it's because she also votes on a very far progressive left. Uh, basis as well in Albany. So yeah, as long as you know, whenever you have an incumbent that's only winning by a point or two points, you know they, they that target continues on their back going forward. Uh, but you know, overall, Brian, there is some good news. Uh, Republican Party did pretty well in New York State last night. Down ballot, obviously lost the governor's race. That was closer than a lot of people thought. But down ballot, we picked up anywhere from five to seven seats in the state senate. Um, it looks like we're going to pick up enough seats in the state assembly to. Uh, to bring the Democrats under 100 seats, which would be the first time in years. And by the way, by winning those five to seven seats in the Senate, we removed the veto-proof majority they had Good. before this election. And we picked up, it looks like, five congressional seats 
Um, again, the party needed five to take control of Congress. How ironic would it be that New York State might very well be the one state that delivered the majority to the Republican Party going into the House of Representatives? We're learning a great deal from a political visionary, Carl Calabrese, one of the brightest people in predicting election trends. He's with us today, former deputy county executive who was a partner with the firm Massiello, Martucci, and Calabrese. If you're listening in Cheektowaga, Montreal, or Washington, D.C. to our 50,000 watts, please write to Brian Rusk, Bet 1520, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. We always greet cards and letters from our Canadian and European listeners. Little plug here, Western New Yorkers love their traditions, and the Ampol Legal has been writing about Polish-American traditions and events for over 50 years. News and features from a Polish-American perspective can be found in this weekly newspaper, as well as recipes and a calendar of events. Don't miss out on the next cultural presentation or polka dance by reading the Ampol Legal. The Ampol Legal is available in many tops and Wegman stores for home delivery. Call 716-835-9454. That's 716-835-9454 to have the latest news from Poland and Polonia in your mailbox each week. I'd like to thank those who called regarding our recent guests, Major General Bo Dias, Joe Winner, in charge of the Family Business Center at Niagara University, and author Bogdan Kotnis. Coming up, we'll have popular Erie County Sheriff John Garcia. A little bit more information about Carl Calabrese from the article written a year ago by Bob McCarthy in the news. This past year or so has led me to this decision, he said. My mind, body, and spirit say it's time. Calabrese, now 70, has emerged as one of the leading figures of Buffalo's growing lobby industry. The former Tonawanda supervisor and deputy county executive has partnered for many years with the former Mayor Anthony M. Massiello and former Tonawanda Republican Chair Vic Martucci to make the firm the area's largest. Our guest today, man with great political wisdom and vision, Carl Calabrese. Let's talk about the Senate. It looks, I think, the latest before... Uh, the uh, taping in this program, which is the day after the morning after the election, it looked like perhaps 48 Republicans to 48 uh, Democrats. Have you seen any more trends with the control of the United States Senate? Carl Calabrese. Well, well the last numbers I looked at, Brian, was the Wisconsin race, uh, where Johnson appears to be hanging on ever so slightly, but he's still in the lead. Uh, Nevada, uh, Laxalt is opening up a comfortable lead of three to four points. I think, I think we're going to flip Nevada. Um, Arizona, it looks like incumbent Mark Kelly is going to retain that seat. And therefore, we, as I say, we get down to a runoff in Georgia, uh, both candidates ha- having to fail to achieve 50% plus one. That forces, by law in Georgia, a runoff in December. Um, <laughs> a little different this year. Uh, two years ago when we had a runoff, in Georgia. It occurred in January. There was a two-month lag between Election Day and the runoff day. They've shortened that up to, to just, just under one month. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because you had a third-party candidate in that race, a libertarian candidate who got 73,000 votes. Now, that libertarian, again, has to drop out, and it'll be a two-person race. It'll be very interesting to see where those 73,000 libertarian votes go, uh, or how many stay home and don't vote for either candidate, but you know that could be that could be a deal maker in, in the 
in a close, divided state like Georgia, 73,000 votes is, is considerable and it could make a difference. Now, let's talk about Lee Zeldin. I believe he still has not conceded. We're taping this at 9.30 a.m. the morning after the election. Everybody thought Zeldin had a chance. It was neck and neck. He was down about four points. But I think his loss was maybe even greater than that. What happened to Zeldin? Why didn't he take it? Well, people were asking me my predictions for the last week or so about, you know, will Zeldin win? And my answer was yes, if he gets 35% of the New York City vote. If he does, he's governor-elect on Wednesday the 9th. If he doesn't, then he becomes a private citizen. And that's what happened. He got about 30% of the New York City vote. It was just not enough uh, to to overcome the, the, the Democrat advantage in, in this state. And uh, that's what you have to do. And, and I never saw uh, – all the polls I was looking at had him – some polls had him at only 17% of the New York City vote. Uh, the best I saw was 28% of the New York City vote, and he actually got 30%. So at least one poll was, was within the margin of error there. But that's what he needed. It, it's real simple math. You get 35% of the, of the New York City vote, and what happened beyond New York City, and you're, you're the governor, and he wasn't able to do that. Let's uh, switch to the Republican Senate. You're a friend of Rob Ort, the Republican leader of the Senate. So you're talking about uh, five or six seat improvement in the Senate, uh, perhaps about the same in the Assembly and in the congressional delegation of, of New York. Let's talk about those wins. They are significant, aren't they? Oh, they sure are. Uh, you know, n- not so much in the Assembly because it's, it's still a, you know, an overwhelming Democrat majority in, in that House. But as we spoke about earlier, that you know, five seats in in, in the House of Representatives races, uh, you know, gives the Republicans what they need to take the chamber, and uh, five, six, or seven seats in the New York State Senate uh, removes the veto-proof protection uh, the governor enjoyed in the previous uh, Senate. So that at least puts the Republicans at the table for negotiations and you know, being able to maybe stop some things or modify some things. Uh, by taking away that, that veto-proof uh, majority. Now, Pelosi, it looks like her career is coming to an end. If she loses the U.S. House by 20 seats, where the Senate looks pretty even right now, uh, does this show sort of a failed, out-of-touch leadership on her part for the last few years, uh, perhaps a denial of the truth? Where do you see the Pelosi legacy? Well, I, I think she's been out of touch for a long time, but you know she's she's going to play this up. She's, she'll spin this as, as a semi victory for the Democrats, avoiding what could have been a wave election of, of thirty plus, forty plus seats. Um, so that's that's if she goes out, I think she will. Uh, she'll be she'll be able to say, well, you know, I went out by by forestalling a Republican wave because of my leadership. Uh, that's that's what you're going to hear from the Democrats. But I think I think her days are done. I think she she will retire. And uh, there'll be a new a new leader. The problem with the Democrats is that all of their leadership is like 80 years old plus. And so I don't know where they go next, but uh, it'll be interesting to see, because I would imagine there's a lot of pent up energy and ambition in the Democrat caucus for leadership positions and and for a younger cadre of uh, people to to take hold. Now, the question is, who who leads that party going forward? Will they be more moderate or will they be as far progressive left as Nancy Pelosi has been remains to be seen. 
Yeah, it sounds like her days are over. For those who just tuned into the Rusk Report, we're learning a great deal from one of the brightest people analyzing political trends. Carl J. Calabrese, former deputy county executive, former partner with Masiello Martucci and Calabrese lobbying firm. If you're listening in West Seneca, New York, Toronto, or northern Florida, as we blanket 17 states and much of Canada, drop us a note. Please write to Brian Rusk. Bet 1520, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. A little bit more information from the Bob McCarthy article he wrote last year. It That uh, Carl's firm represented clients ranging from the Niagara Frontier Transportation Authority to the Buffalo Niagara Medical Campus with state records indicating billings of almost $1.5 million dollars. Uh, very bright man with a lot of vision analyzing politics, Carl Calabrese. Now, most of Trump's backed candidates seem to win in the last two years. So does this uh, project him on to the stature of being the front runner for the Republican nomination for president in two years? Well, his, his candidate selection this time was kind of mixed. I mean, he lost with the candidate that he, he uh, supported in New Hampshire, uh, General Bulldog. Um, he uh, he lost with his, it with his candidate supported in Arizona, Blake Masters. Um, he won with with JD Vance in Ohio, uh, but so it was kind of it was kind of a mixed bag. Um, you know, it, Donald Trump, I think, made a big mistake last week when he attacked Ron DeSantis. I think it was a big mistake. He uh, he called the governor Governor Ron DeSanctimonious. He immediately got pushback from some prominent Republicans, including Mike Pompeo, uh, the uh, one of the largest donors, financial supporters of the Republican Party, also came out and said this was uncalled for. This was a cheap shot, and he shouldn't be doing that. Uh, we got to we got to focus our our fire on the Democrats, not not on within our own party. So I think he made a mistake there, and it'll be interesting to see. I believe he's going to announce next week on the fifteenth and. The fact that he gave DeSantis a nickname tells tells me that's a pretty clear signal he he's going to run again. Now, how many people, how many potential Republican candidates, and there are a number of them at the Senate level and the gubernatorial level, how many will back out? Because in the polls, he still seems to be the darling of the Republican Party, uh, of the base of the party. Uh, but you know that's that's without an opponent, uh, with a real live opponent or opponents that might change. So it'll be interesting to see how many stay in going forward. Now, if you remember in 2016, one of the benefits and advantages Donald Trump had was in almost all the primaries, he was facing off against upwards of a dozen candidates. And the vote was being split 12 different ways. Um, and and that, that helped him because he was able to win a lot of primaries with 25, 30% of the vote. Uh, it would be interesting to see what happens if it's him versus somebody head to head or him versus two other people. Um, you know, I, I'm for one, and I'm I'm prepared to say it's time to move on. That we have younger leadership. Um, I think Donald Trump's problem is this: Donald Trump, <laughs> his personality, his style, is so confrontational that it overshadowed his many many policy achievements, which I can defend all day. As policies we wish we would have gotten out of the two Bushes, and we never did. But his personality overshadowed those those accomplishments in 2020, and he lost. And I'm afraid if he's our nominee in 2024. That same personality and confrontational style will overshadow the Democrats' failures, and he becomes the focus, not the Democrat failures. So I'm 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 interested and prepared to move on. I like Ron DeSantis. I think him as the 
standard bearer teamed up with any number of Republicans, uh, Tim Scott, the senator from South Carolina, Nikki Haley, Christy Nome, Mike Pompeo, uh, Rick Scott from Florida. Uh, there's all, you know, just any number of qualified senators and governors that would make a very attractive ticket with Ron DeSantis. So that's where I am mentally and emotionally right now. I think it's time to move on because I think Donald Trump is so polarizing that, as I said, if he's the candidate, we're not going to be talking about Democrat failures. We're talking about Donald Trump. Let's talk about uh, Fetterman, the candidate for U.S. Senate as of this taping. I believe he's 1% or 2% ahead of Dr. Oz. Um, and he said that it was used against Dr. Oz. He didn't live in the state, that he's a carpetbagger. But Fetterman was severely hurt by that stroke a few months ago. Uh, how did he pull this one off in such weak physical condition? Yeah, um, I'll tell you, and I think that margin is going to be much bigger because Pennsylvania law does not start counting mail-in ballots until this morning at 7 a.m. And we know that a million and a half people in Pennsylvania voted early before they even saw the debate. Uh, you know, history tells us that mail-in votes tend to break 60 percent for Democrats, 40 percent for Republicans. Uh, if that's the case, that margin is going to grow uh, even more. But it, it's fascinating to me and frankly kind of shocking that the people of Pennsylvania elected as a U.S. senator, that wants to and publicly has advocated for the release of first degree uh, and second degree convicted murderers, <laughs> release them from jail, and as opposed to one of the largest industries in the state that employs hundreds of thousands of people, and that being energy, gas, and coal. Uh, and yet that's what they elected to represent them in, in the Senate. Uh, you know, I can't explain it. I really can't. Uh, but that's Pennsylvania. And, and it's primarily, Pennsylvania is, is, is like, kind of like New York in that. You know, our politics in New York uh, are driven by New York City and the power of the population center in New York City. In Pennsylvania, it's Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, more so Philadelphia. But, you know, those two cities uh, can combine and, and elect people at the expense of the rest of the state. And I think that's what happened with Fetterman. And it looks like it's going to continue going into the future. We have a few minutes left on the Rusk Report on the Bet 1520. Were you surprised there was not a larger Republican wave? in the House, Senate, and key governor and U.S. Senate races? Absolutely. Very surprised. Um, I've been following the congressional midterm since last January, and every indicator I looked at screamed wave, okay, starting with the fact that 70% of Americans think the country is headed in the wrong direction. Biden is at 40% approval, and again, history tells us that when a president's that low, they're going to lose at least 28 seats. Um, we have uh, when people are asked how Biden is handling the six or seven top major issues, he's underwater by double digits. When people were asked, what party do you have more confidence in handling those same issues? Republicans were up by double digits. You had the generic poll that had Republicans uh, nationwide with a lead of three percent in the key 40, 45 congressional districts around the country. They had a lead of nine percent. Uh, so and then you top that off with. With inflation, crime, the border chaos, um, all of the woke cancel culture nonsense that I thought people just about had enough of, and uh, finish it off with the fact that people are now afraid to open up their 401k statements to look at the numbers. Uh, all of those things put together, and I thought this is going to be a, this is going to be a bloodbath. This is going to be ugly for the Democrats at every level, and it wasn't. And uh, there'll be a lot of postmortems going on. A lot may have to do with, as I mentioned, turnout. They may have just done a better job with the old-fashioned turnout machine. 
Uh, some might have to do with uh, candidate quality, um, issue selection. I, I don't know yet because, again, we've got to wait for all of the numbers to come in. But it certainly was a huge missed opportunity, uh, given that, it, again, we, we took this House. That's, that's a break uh, applied to the, the Biden agenda. That's good. Uh, but uh, it, it was a missed opportunity, no, no doubt about it. I'm sorry we have to bring the Rusk Report to a close. Once again, we've learned a tremendous amount of information and enlightenment from Carl Calabrese, one of the top political pundits in western New York, a very gifted man with vision. Special thanks also to Kevin Carr, our director of production for the last 15 years. Thank you for enlightening us once again. Carl J. Calabrese, a political visionary. Have a great Thank week. Thank you, Brian. You've been listening to The Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at the Western New York community with news, features, and special guests. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write to Brian Rusk, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Amherst, New York, 14226. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.